Hello, my little elves. Hi, little Santas, little holiday angels. It's Christmas Eve Eve today, and I'm recording this episode for you because I love you so much, and I hope you are having a fabulous holiday season. It's been quite the season for me. I mean, no, that's like, I don't even know what that means, but I've been jolly. I've been feeling jolly. I had a bunch of Christmas parties, not a bunch, two. I had two Christmas parties. I had my own Christmas party. And it was just, it all felt very anticipatory of Christmas and celebrating and merriment. It was all fun and exciting. And I've had my tree up for a month now. I have lights around my doors and I did it the right way. I'm the kind of person that I sometimes do things such the wrong way and they'll bother me for the entire time that they're up. And if I had just spent five more minutes, 10 more minutes doing them the right way, they would be so much more enjoyable. And this year I did. I went out and I bought these like heavy duty staples that you usually use with a staple gun. Did not buy the staple gun, but I used a hammer and I hammered the staples into the lights around my door frames. And so they're tight and taut on the door frames and they look so good. They just look intentional and fresh and as if I hired someone to come and do it. You know how they, all those trees in the city have lights strung up around them and like around the the trunk and all around all the branches and they look fabulous. They're evenly spaced. I've always thought, mm, I haven't always thought, for the past couple of years I've thought about who does that? There must be a company out there that says we can do your lights. Oh, you know, I know the first time I thought about it. Last December, I was in Fort Lauderdale with my girls and we were doing one of those boat tours and it was around Christmas time. So all of these houses had their palm trees perfectly lit up with even spacing, even colors. It was really fabulous. And I think the guy told us that there's someone down there with a business in light stringing. And I just feel like that's a cool business. That's something that I would be good at. Just like present wrapping. I'm really good at wrapping presents. I'll just say it. It's like my handwriting, this one thing in life that I'm pretty good at and will never really amount to anything or mean anything to anyone else. But it's satisfying that it's that I have it in my life, if that makes sense. Anyway, so my door frames look fabulous. They're strung up perfectly with lights and it's just feeling so jolly these days. But Christmas is in two days and then it'll be over. I was listening to Stuff You Should Know and one of the dudes said, once it hits midnight on Christmas, Christmas music is over. We're getting rid of the tree. It's done. And I kind of feel that way. I feel like you can leave. Well, I don't feel that way, actually. I feel like you can leave your Christmas tree up until after New Year's. And I'm not saying like you can, you can do whatever you want. You know, I want to leave my Christmas tree up until after New Year's and then take it down shortly after so that it's not haunting me. And this New Year vibe, the new beginning vibe isn't hindered by the looming Christmas indulgent vibe, if you know what I mean. I love a new year. I really think not that it's my favorite holiday, but that it's my favorite holiday essence, if you will. I love a fresh start and a and time being segmented into these portions that you can easily digest and make goals for and make wishes and reflect back on. I really like reflection. 
yeah, it's just, it's a, it's my, it's a good time of year for me. I think I said the same thing last year. So there you go. I did see this TikTok yesterday that said that millionaires and billionaires look at years in quarters. So if you want to embody that energy to start parsing down your year-long goals into quadrants so it's much more digestible. She used, for example, she's an influencer, so she wants to post at least half of the days of the year. So that's 182 and a half days of the year. And she said that is a really daunting number if you're thinking, okay, oh my God, I have to post almost 200 times next year and they have to be segmented and whatever and whatever. But if you split it into four, that's, can't do math, 42 a quarter, which is like 15 a month, which she said is much more palatable and acceptable. And if you do that with all of your goals, it's much easier to accomplish them. And when you look at the year as a year long thing, it feels like you have all this time to complete them. And then you get into Q3 and Q4 and you're in the final stretch and you're like, I haven't done anything and I also have to do all of this stuff and I'm really stressed and it's all just crunched into this year time frame, but somehow shortening that into quarters, I I can see could make it more easily digestible. So I don't know, do with that what you will. Last week, moving on, I got a reading, an astrological reading from this TikToker, their name is Carlos Homs, and their account is, let me find it for you. If you haven't heard it already, I, I would be surprised. Like if you're on astrology TikTok at all, I'm sure you've heard his voice. It's very calming, therapeutic. What the fuck? I can't find it, but it's like this week the stars are talking and here's what they're saying. Yeah, that's his tagline. It's wild that Gen Z is using TikTok as a search engine these days. I am too. I've started to use it. Okay, no, no network connection with the fuckery. Come on. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll find the account for you, but I really like his videos. They break down the week with really in-depth photo montages of the vibe, if that makes sense. And that's really helpful because I feel like I'm a visual person. But anyway, I reached out to him via email and I asked him if he does readings, which he does. So we set up a time to connect and he gave me a reading, an overall birth chart reading. And he asked if I had any specific questions. And I really didn't. I This was my first experience with a reading, which you might be surprised by. But I basically went in not I went in blind, but we went in blind together. He he said that he usually asks people for their birth chart 15 minutes at least before their appointment, but he just forgot this time. So I gave it to him at the beginning of the call and he kind of just went with it the whole call, I guess, didn't study it or didn't whatever, which was very impressive. And I was just simply in awe of the level of complexity that he uncovered about me and my life and how validated I felt and how encouraged I felt on my astrological path. Not my personal, well, yes, my personal life path, but also just my interest in astrology mainly stems from trying to understand myself better and get a grip on why I am the way I am so that I can adjust or so that I can stay the course or so, or just to validate the feelings that I have. For instance, I have really big dreams, I feel sometimes, and they can be overwhelming when it feels like I'm not on a certain track or path to accomplish those dreams. 
there are tiny voices of doubt sometimes that say, what are you thinking? And they're few and far between and they rarely come because I have this almost blind confidence in this idea that I'm going to succeed at what I want to in life. And I feel lucky. I feel like some people don't have that. And I've felt strange even sometimes saying, this is why, how am I so confident about this with no evidence that it's going to happen? And I mean, there is evidence. I've accomplished a lot in my life and I'm very proud of myself. But astrology, this reading told me you are supposed to have big dreams. You're supposed to set your aspirations high. The higher you set them, the luckier you'll be in achieving them. The more you lean into the confidence that you have, the the better the outcome will be. And it also said, it also said, he also said about my chart that there is a slow build towards your goals, that it's not happening and happening or rising and falling. It's a slow build because my Saturn is in Aries, which is the first sign of the Zodiac. I I could be like butchering this. Don't take it. Don't take my like because and, and causation stuff. But this is what I gathered is that Saturn in Aries, the first sign, it's like the ramping up. It takes time for us to build our futures. And it's slow and steady at the start and then it ramps up over time. And that's how I felt. And I also have Taurus in my 10th house, I want to say, which indicates that when I build wealth or build status or build money, whatever, it's never going to go down, if that makes sense. And that was something like crazy that I heard. He said, once you have X amount of money, you're not going to necessarily dip down, but dip back down. You're going to be on a steady course upwards. And that's fucking amazing to hear as any human being truly. So I don't know. I don't know what this is going to sound like or come off to other people. It could be absolutely horrifying and cringe. But I'm just like relaying what he said to me. I don't know. But whatever. Sorry. That was all very nice to hear because that's about the physical world and that's about stability and finances, which are a major stressor for a lot of people. So it was calming to hear. And then there were much more emotional things that I learned, not learned, that I was affirmed about my life. For instance, I have Scorpio in my fourth house, or my fourth house is in Scorpio, in the sign of Scorpio. And I feel like something that confuses a lot of people about astrology is that they say, I don't have any planets in this house or in this sign, so it's irrelevant to me. And it's just not true. I have, I would say, you know, we have nine, ten planets, including the sun, no, including your rising. Yeah. And they all live in their own places. And for me, it's in four or five or six signs. So I do have signs where there are no planets, but those signs are still, think of it. I mean, I don't know who I'm explaining this to for, I guess just for me to like put it all together. So there's an outer ring, right? And it's the signs. So from Earth, we see Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Capricorn, no, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius. We see those all on a circle, like as if it was a a circle split into 12 slices. And then where you're born, where you're standing on Earth, 
when you're born, you are born and your first house begins. So I'm born now. I'm like, wait, what are you wrong? My chart first house. Okay. No, no, sorry. Sorry. Erase that. Well, don't erase the like each sign is 12 of a pie and then you're born in, I don't know, maybe <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys, but then, okay. Split into 12 signs and then picture a smaller circle inside that and you have 10, you have 12 houses. So like where you're born is now I'm like so fucking confused. I'm confused about the why I'm not confused about the is. So whatever, we're going to skip the why, but the is, is you have 10, 12 houses on the inner ring and then you have 12 signs on the outer ring and they like a cog or like a like say they're just two rings so they're aligning in different places which is why my son is in virgo in the second house because virgo was in the second house in the sky okay yeah so the sky is in these houses and the outer the earth is rotating so the virgo leo etc are all moving in and out of each house as they go on so when you're born virgo is in the second house there we go okay got it anyway so you might not have planets in all of the signs or all of the houses i have my venus and mars both in cancer because that's where venus and mars were they were hanging out in the sky, going out, going around at different paces, but they linked up in cancer when I was born. And so that has an effect on my passion and my aesthetics and how I view things. So there's that. But back to what I was talking about, my Scorpio in the fourth house, he said that this is a troubling placement or can be a hard placement for your young life and your development in that maybe you felt that you didn't live up to the standards of one or both parents and you felt like maybe you could never please them or you could never connect to them in a way that you felt validated by. And I have felt that occasionally with my dad and it's not his fault nor my fault. And I had a perfectly pleasant upbringing, but there are emotional connections sometimes that in your young life and when your parent is becoming a parent and they are raising you, you're a new human being. They don't know you. You don't know them. You have completely different personalities. Like there can be disconnects like that. And I do feel like at certain points in my childhood, I didn't always feel like I was understood or whatever. So I had to develop this layer of confidence to understand and love myself. Not that my dad didn't love me. He loved me so much, but he wasn't always so vocal about those things because that's not the kind of guy he is. And that's not to say that I had like a troubled or horrible childhood. No, not at all. There was just when you're a child, you have a lack of understanding. And so you probably internalize a lot of the inabilities of your parents to do certain things or meet you certain places. And that's okay. But it made me this confident person who has taken on that, that desire for that amount of love internally and with myself. So I, I really, I feel like I don't, I don't 
really try to prove anything to anyone else because I've already proven myself to myself. And that is making something good out of a placement that maybe is troublesome like Scorpio in your fourth house. I don't know. I just thought that was so interesting because I've always thought about my relationship with my dad. Obviously, we all think about our relationships with our parents. And I've always just wondered why I felt certain things in my childhood and not bad. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to obviously give as much information and detail without specifics and without saying that I like making it come across that I somehow have a bad relationship with my dad. It's complicated and it's complicated with my mom. It's complicated with a lot of people in life. Like everything is complicated because we're different people with different charts and different things going on. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting, well, two things. One, I have something in Capricorn, my something house in Capricorn and a planet in Capricorn that is significant in signifying legacy institutions and larger things than yourself and using those institutions for to your advantage. And it's just interesting because I've worked for now three really big legacy institutions in my life and I've felt satisfaction and definitely stability from them. So that was interesting to hear. But the last thing is, I know you guys know, I've always talked about my Pisces moon and I love her. She is a placement that has brought me a lot of understanding for my childhood self, for myself now, and has illuminated the fact that it's okay for me to be and feel sensitive and dreamy and occasionally get lost and consumed by a struggle or something bad that's happened or something good that's happened, like seeing a commercial on TV and like crying because it's so moving or meaningful. But I did learn from Carlos that my moon is at the very last degree of Pisces. And I've also talked about that, how I think that makes me, you know, have a greater understanding for everything that's come before me because it's the last sign of the zodiac. It's the last degree of the sign. You in astrology accumulate everything that's come before you. So Pisces maybe is not the most like enlightened, but it's 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 a sign that's that is the culmination of all the signs before it. Or just as well not the culmination, but a sign that has taken everything from the signs before it, not taken it, but seen potentially what is missing and has supplemented that. Like that's how all the signs work. I think Aries is this childlike freedom and then Taurus is a more because the sign that comes before it is so childlike Taurus is more more headstrong not headstrong but like whatever and then Gemini because Taurus is lacking that ease and communication is very communicative and able to make it happen and then because Gemini is missing a little bit of that sensitivity component Cancer is a sensitive sign and because Cancer is sensitive then Leo is this confident bold sign and because Leo is confident and bold Virgo which comes after it is critical and analytical and really thought driven and then because Virgo is thought driven. Leo comes or Libra comes after it and is very focused on the aesthetics and and relationships and getting outside of the inside of your head and into the world. And then Scorpio is that mysterious internalized 
world with a little bit of mysticism and witchiness. And then because Scorpio is that way, Sagittarius wants to travel and see the world and be open to all of these new experiences and, and have a little bit more of a philosophical mind when dealing with the world. And then Capricorn, because Sagittarius was seeing everything, Capricorn is saying, we have to work, we have to get to work and make something for ourselves so that we can travel and go places. And I know that I have to put my head down and get shit done. And then Aquarius follows Capricorn and is more humanitarian and saying, okay, but how do we take this and give it to the rest of the world? And how do we make things better and technology and aliens? And how do we think in a weirder way than the structures that have already been laid out for us? And then Pisces, the last sign says, I just want to dream. I want to be up in the clouds. I want to feel everything really intensely. I want to be creative and I want to make things. And so anyway, my moon sign, my internal, not my internal monologue, but how I see the world internally and for myself on the inside and how I relate to the world most intimately is on the last degree of Pisces. So very dreamy, very um, like, depths of the ocean vibe, big, overwhelmed, sensitive, emotional, caring, compassionate. But he said, your, your moon sign is about to be at the first degree of Aries. It's very much a cusp placement and cusp placements are real because just as weather doesn't go from sunshine to absolute storm, it takes time to transition into things. And so we have broken up the signs into 12 signs because it's easier to digest and but cusps and things bleeding into each other is very real. And that's why my moon sign, which is at the end of Pisces and the beginning of Aries, he compared it to Ariel, the Disney princess, that she comes from the depths of the ocean and is singing. And her father, Pisces is ruled by Neptune and her father's name, what's her father's name? I don't know, but he has a Neptune like thing, which is which was just another topic that we got onto. But Ariel moves from the ocean, the depths of the ocean and her emotions and her sensitivity into onto land and she grows legs and she sees the world for the first time. She has legs for the first time. And like Aries, which is a very childlike and not innocent in that they don't know, but innocent in that they're taking sensory information at face value and can feel joyful from seeing something and aren't always thinking about what does this what does the ba back of this mean what are how did this joyful thing get here and he said that since i'm i'm a cusp i have a cusp moon like that and it is very much in pisces but it, it's it's headed towards Aries, that I should find a balance. I should strive for a balance between that Piscean energy of dreaminess and sensitivity and, and compassion, empathy, escapism, intuition, adaptability, and adopt some more of the Aries traits of confidence and passion um, ambition, aggression, impulsion. I know that aggression always sounds 
bad in astrology, but it can be good just like starting something, getting it moving, being independent, not relying on other people's moods and vibes and energies. And I just thought that that was really an interesting thing. And I've obviously nestled into nestled nestled into a home in my Pisces moon where I feel very comfortable and I feel validated and can sometimes indulge in that in a way that maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should uh, look towards and look forward to some of those Aries traits where it's it's like a newborn and you're in awe of the world and of life and life is exciting. So wow, that was a full fucking 27 minutes. Holy shit. Okay. Sorry guys, but would highly recommend getting an astrology reading if you just want to learn a little bit more about yourself and yeah, and use it to your advantage because we could all use an advantage in life. And this is such a big one. It was a hundred bucks, which is not atypical of astrology readings. Usually they're more expensive, honestly, usually 130 to 150 from what I've seen. So a hundred bucks for this amazing reading, it was really worth it. And I would highly recommend. Hi everyone. I'm back. I know I didn't go away for you, but I went away for me. It's been two days. It's Christmas night. It's Christmas night, my little elves. (laughs) I am home. I spent Christmas with my family today and I came home around 6.30. And I like being alone on holidays like this. I know it's weird. Obviously, I'm so lucky and feel very grateful and thankful that I have people to spend this holiday with and I love spending it with them. But I think there's something very... What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. My mind is going to twinkly but that like can't be right i don't know just spending the night of a holiday alone and really it's not even as if it's a day off it's something completely different you can you just feel so uninhibited by the world like when i was walking home there's no one in the streets it's just this quiet sense of peace and whimsy almost i guess But anyway, I hope everyone had a fabulous holiday and got to celebrate with people they love and see the people they love. It's been also a very sobering Christmas, being that over 20,000 Palestinians have been murdered um, in the last 80 days now, and there are thousands more under the rubble and missing, and it's just a horrifying tragedy that... I am disgusted is still going on and happening and it's not lost on me that on a day that the world is celebrating Christians in Gaza and people around the world who are incredibly moved in a bad way by what is happening. Um, Everyone is basically saying this is not a time for celebration and I totally agree. It was a very, it's been It was and is hard to indulge in these times, knowing that there are so many people who are suffering so greatly. But I hope you had some time off and you got to enjoy it, either alone or with people you love. And hopefully 
you're gearing up for to have whatever kind of new year, New Year's Eve you want to have. I know some people are doing pajama situations. Some people are going out and raging. I will be on vacation this year. I'll be in Morocco for New Year's Eve. So I think that'll be really cool and really fun. And, you know, I love a new year. I love planning things and journaling and, and mapping out what I think is going to happen. Okay, I have some updates, life things that have been going on. I don't know what my first note means on this little thing. It's two people subway. Like, I don't know at all what that could mean. So, I don't know. Hopefully that thought comes back to me eventually and I can flesh it out a little bit more. But my second note is purple jumpsuit, which, yeah, I wanted to tell you guys that I got a purple jumpsuit from And Other Stories, which is a story I really like. It's pretty expensive and I kind of like swindled my, not swindled, I, I, gamed the system a little bit. So I bought this dress that I was supposed to wear for a wedding a couple weeks ago. And I ended up, thank God I brought a backup dress for that wedding because I tried it on in the hotel room and I was like, this dress sucks. So I ended up returning it, but I didn't have the receipt. So she was like, you can exchange it for something in the store. And I said, can I get store credit? And she said, no. And I had a place to be, I think I was going to therapy and I just, I had 20 minutes. And so I didn't have time to try anything on. So I I go and I look at this purple jumpsuit that I had also seen the last time, but I was shopping specifically for a wedding guest dress, which jumpsuit is not. Purple corduroy jumpsuit is simply not the vibe. And I remember seeing the jumpsuit that time and I saw it again and I loved it again. And so I got it, but it was the difference in cost. So the first dress was maybe 80 bucks, which is a lot for a I mean, I don't know. Is it a lot? Inflation, the economy, maybe that's normal now. It feels like a lot for a dress. But this goddamn jumpsuit was fucking $170. I I don't know what came over me, but I got it and I had to pay the difference. So I was adding $100 onto this ridiculous, stupid chore basically that I had had to do. And do I need a purple jumpsuit? Like, no, I have other things that are more pressing that I need actual things for i.e. this overseas wedding that I'm about to go to that I also need a dress for. Anyway, so I get the purple jumpsuit and I I hope nobody who works at And Other Stories Corporate listens to this, but I wore the dress, no, the jumpsuit. I wore the jumpsuit to my work holiday party and it honestly didn't fit quite right. It was maybe one size too big. The butt was weird and flappy and the shoulders were a little, they were kind of above my shoulders. So it made me look boxy and weird, but I wore it. And when I returned it, long story short, I went to return it. They were asking, did you wear this? And I was shaking in my boots. I was nervous that they were going to say, bitch, you wore this. Look at the crinkles in it. But I did a pretty good job of, of flattening it out before I brought it. But anyway, so I brought it back with this new receipt that I guess the new receipt obviously had to show that I had gotten something originally. But either way, the lady refunded my full $170 and I circumvented the system. And I just, I felt like I really did something there. And it's advice that can only be obviously used in very specific situations and maybe even only at this store. But yeah, that's the tale of the purple jumpsuit. And I, I 
I would like a purple jumpsuit, but the fit, yeah, the fit just like wasn't right. So I returned it. Okay. My next note, I don't remember the story that I was going to tell with this, but it says two girls pass the fuck out in an Uber. Uh, I feel like I just saw two girls pass the fuck out in an Uber. It's weird saying pass the fuck out. Like that feels so stupid, but PTFO looks so cool and is exactly the right word. I wouldn't say pass the fuck out in real life, but I do say PTFO a lot, I think. I mean, not a lot. How You got it. Whatever. Anyway. Okay. My next note, back hurting at ride. Okay. Yes. So I went to ride the pod live. Okay. No, that's not even it. Ride the tour. Benny Drama and Mary Beth Barone have a podcast called Ride. And I'm a huge fan. I listen every Wednesday. It's a weekly podcast. They're hilarious, funny. They riff. They do bits. They're just so good and so funny. And I'm all about it. And so I got a ticket to this show, their live show that they're doing. It's not really a podcast. They're not recording it to be a podcast episode. It's very much a comedy variety show. And they were just hilarious. But Basically, I got the ticket in October, early October, and I remember the seating being so confusing. I it all seemed like you you every ticket got you a seat, but you didn't get to choose where the seat was. I don't know. I was lost, and they were making it seem like the tickets were selling fast, like hotcakes. And so I was like, I need to fucking get my hands on one right now. I need to check out. I just like. I'm going to get the cheapest one, even though they all were like the same whatever. But I'm thinking it's in a theater. Everyone gets a seat, butts and seats. That's the vibe. No. I get there. I get there early because I'm confused about it, confused about a lot of things. And so I decide I need to go early. I need to get a bear. Like I read on Reddit that – there it was like half standing but if you got there early you could maybe get a seat which was a fucking lie so fuck that reddit user but i got there early waited in line for an hour and my back is killing me like my lower back down below is just some not twitch what's the word kink almost not kink is wait no kink is a word but it's also kink Okay, the my lower back hurts so bad by this point. This is like a week ago. And I just I had gone to a concert the night before stupidly. I got I had a tick like I just felt bad. So I went to this concert, but my back hurt so bad and it had been hurting for like a week. And then I get to the fucking ride tour and I'm standing in the rain in line and my back really hurts and all I want to do is stretch and I'm eating Chipotle chips and guac in a bag standing in the rain. Like it was it was a sad sight. And then I knew I had fucking standing seats when I got in. So I'm just I'm just not upset. Upset is not the right word because I'm excited. I'm about to see this show that I I love the people and I know it's going to be funny and hilarious and it's going to be really cool to see them live and in the flesh and in person. But I'm also knowing that I have to stand at least another two hours, two and a half hours because I got there early. So even though you get inside, I'm in there and I'm fucking standing, but I'm not. I Oh my God. So I get in. And I asked the fucking guy at the door, I'm like, everybody has seats, right? And he goes, yeah, everyone gets a seat. No, 
no, you fucking liar or not even a liar. It didn't seem like he was doing it intentionally. It's just get a grip, people. Know the truth so you can tell your patrons. Uh, So I go up and I figure out that I'm literally at the last, like the furthest you can get from the stage. It's basically orchestra. No, what's the mezzanine level, whatever. It's, it's two tiered level theater. I'm on the second tier and I'm in the standing section, which is a little platform with bars on it right in front of the back back bar. And it's just so bad. It's so bad. So I sit on the the little side of the pedestal that I'm supposed to be standing on for 45 minutes while I'm waiting. My phone has little to no battery. And I'm just simply thinking about how much I want to give up on this, but I can't. I can't. These are my girls. I came to see them. I wanted to lock eyes, put my eyes on them, and I wanted to see their show. So I stayed stood for the hour and 15 minutes that the show was was at literally the la- the last person on the on the pedestal cuz all these girls while I was sitting on the side of the thing all the girls that also got pedestal I almost said seats but no pedestal standing room they are all commandeering their spots on the at the front of the pedestal and it's like there's like 10 of them and they there's just no room for me. And I'm, I I understand, like I was sitting, I was just being difficult anyway. I was like, people were trying to get past me and they could, I, it was just, I just was like, I'm struggling. Like my back fucking hurts. I don't know what to do. And so they commandeered the front and I'm just, I'm literally the last person. And the show was great. They delivered for sure. It was hilarious, funny, and it was definitely worth it. But I just, I couldn't believe that this night that I had been so excited about didn't turn out poorly by any means, but I was just dealing with contending with something that was painful and out of my control. And it was a Sunday night and it was rainy. I just like couldn't wait to get home and lay down. And my back is on the up and up. I mean, if you've been here long enough, you know that my life is just ailment, inconvenient ailment after inconvenient ailment and like knock on wood because I don't want that to be my life. And it's just, I've always been, I've always felt nervous that people don't believe me. And I think it's projection. No, I don't know. I don't know what it would be a projection of, but it's crazy. I, I, I feel like little shit crops up for me and it's almost never ending and I don't, it's really frustrating, but I have to deal with it. It's life. Anyway, so my back still kind of hurts and that sucks, but whatever. Okay. That's back hurting at ride. <laughs> okay. My next note is the bus giving me a prediction for two hours from now. Yeah. I have a gripe with Google maps. I also have questions and confusion why if i'm looking up where i'm going 
why would you think I need to go in two hours? Like I need to go now. That's why I'm looking it up. Or at the very least, I need to go in like 10 minutes. I don't, it's not 9 p.m. And I'm looking up how to get home for 11.30 p.m. There's literally a feature that you can input. Oh, I'm leaving at this time. I need to figure it out. It's so crazy. I don't know if other people experience this, but especially for the bus and the bus is already an enigma on Google Maps. She never seems to know where, what the, what time the bus is coming basically. And I totally get it. It's like a prediction model. Probably the bus has a schedule, but buses, unlike trains, don't necessarily have to stick to the schedule. If they're being little sweethearts and waiting for the woman running down the block to catch the bus, then it's obviously going to be a few minutes late. But there has to put an air tag in the bus, right? Get it all connected so that I know when the fucking bus is coming or or that I know it's not coming for a while because I am sometimes out there looking ridiculous at the bus stop for 12 minutes because it said it was supposed to come four minutes ago and then I'm standing there for eight more minutes and then I have to walk to the train and I wasted eight minutes when I could have been walking to the train anyway already. I just... I don't understand. I don't understand. And on top of that, Google Maps saying, here you go. Here's your, here's for your plan in, in three hours. Like, I just, I can't. Okay. <laughs> My next note is funny. Mocha latte can't stop drinking. I think I've talked to you all about this before. My mocha latte phases never cease to creep up on me truly one day i'll just decide do i need a hot chocolate with a shot of espresso in it i do so i'm gonna get it and then for the ensuing two weeks every day i say i need a little treat and you know what that treat is gonna be a mocha latte which is so thick for the body not in i mean in calories and fat and whatever sugar sure yes but just it's a it's a heavy thing to put down and um it sits that way and i'm on this thing where i get oat milk now because i'm an oat milk girl but i'm not you know i i'm i do want the two percent or the one percent whole milk no scary thick I don't need all of that, but I, growing up, we drank 2% milk and I mean, 2% what? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I did transition, I think in college to 1% cause I was like, that seems healthier somehow. I don't know how, but I'm an oat milk girl now and I get oat milk in my mocha latte and lattes are mostly milk. So it's this weird oat milk flavor with chocolate and it's, it just like doesn't hit as well as a pure milk one would, but I'm not going to get a fucking pure milk mocha latte. Talk about like your stomach being a rock or being full of slushy milk. Like, ugh. anyway, okay. I am going to try to stop drinking that though. Okay. Next note, hearts of palm. Yeah. I, I am, what kind of girl am I? <laughs> I'm a milk girl. And I, I mean, I'm not a milk girl. I did not, I did not mean milk overall. We just talked about it. So you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, moving on hearts of palm. I like 
what would why am I trying to like make up a word that doesn't exist? I like artichoke hearts. I like little baby corns in a jar. I like hearts of palm. I don't know why those are all going together, but they are. Hearts of palm is from the trunk of a palm tree. Why did the word trunk just sound not right? Um, what is hearts of palm? Hearts of palm. Vegetable harvested from the inner core and growing bud of certain palm trees. Most notably, the coconut, jucara, acai, jusara, acai palm, palmetto, and peach palm. I didn't realize there were so many different types of palm trees. Anyway, okay, I knew that. I knew that it was from a palm tree. But I'll tell you how I happened upon Hearts of Palm because they haven't been in my life for a very long time. But there was a woman on TikTok who lost a ton of weight and got really toned because she was eating all of this different shit, all these different vegetables dipped in or squirted on with <laughs> like mustard. She was eating a lot of vegetables with mustard and hearts of palm was one of them. And it looked so intriguing to me. I was like, okay, what, what could be creamy and white looking? Am I okay? <laughs> what could be creamy and white looking that's healthy for you? And so I go, I'm obviously going to try this. I got a can of hearts of palm. I tried it with mustard. Delicious. Delicious. I don't know. Something about the crunchy creaminess of it. And it comes in like juice. Not juice. It comes in brine. Okay. And it's – they're so good. They're so good. I'm just really – really into them. And my grocery store had them, which I was surprised. I don't know why surprised. It just seems like kind of a novelty thing, if you will. But the grocery store had them and only once, only once have they had them. I've looked so many more times. Okay. So many more is dramatic, maybe like three more times, but I really want them because they're delicious and healthy and good for you. And the grocery store doesn't have them anymore. So I don't know, but have you ever tried Hearts of Palm? I feel like it's – I didn't even know about it until recently. When I did go to get the Hearts of Palm and they didn't have them, I got those baby corns that I was speaking of, and they were in a jar, and I just ate them on my, on my way home, and I threw the jar in someone else's trash can, and it was just like – I nobody knew. Nobody knew about it. It was just me. I had a great time. Corns were delicious. They're like the little corns you get in – you can get on – at the salad bar when you're making your own salad. I think they're so good. I don't think they have nutritional value though. Okay. Next note, Christmas movie with penguins. Yes. Okay. I remember growing up watching this movie, a Christmas movie. I think it's about Rudolph and there are penguins in it. And are they animated? I don't know, but I, I remember thinking it's so, it was so funny and it was very much a staple of my childhood, of my childhood like holiday movie watching. I'm going to look it up. Rudolph and Penguins movie. Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Huh. Or is it, was it just Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah. 
Was there a penguin in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, someone asks? Ridley is Stormella's penguin butler and the former secondary. Yeah, okay, 98, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you know, you know. It was a great movie, and I want to watch it again. I mean, maybe it won't hit the same, though. I'm having a real hard time lately of, like, wasting my own time. I'm just... Do I want to give this movie an hour, even though it's nostalgic and whatever? But then maybe I'm just being too precious about my time. Like, who cares? Okay. Anyway, my last note before I go into a little bit of talking about pop culture that happened this past year, my last note is nail salon eye contact. I don't know about you. If you get manicures, less so with pedicures because you're in the chair and you don't really have anywhere to look or anyone to look at. I mean, I guess it depends on the configuration of your nail salon, but when I get my nails done and I've been going more than usual lately, probably once every three weeks, I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling fresh. I also have finally got to where it's just my real nail. Now I'm not even getting extensions. So I'm feeling good about that. The ones I have right now are pretty long. And once they grow out even a little bit, they're going to be super long, which I'm kind of nervous about having on vacation, but I think it'll be fine. Anyway, at my nail salon, it's hard not to make eye contact with other patrons, especially if there's a window at the front and you're sometimes looking out that. I don't know. I just think it's so fucking awkward. And it also makes me irrationally angry sometimes of going both ways of people. It seems like people think that I'm looking at them or trying to like look at them like that. And then sometimes people will be looking at me and I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at me? I know it's like an aggressive, it seems like it's an aggressive way to live life. And I don't actually, it's, it's not that serious, but just sometimes I'm, it's, it's weird when you catch someone's eye contact and either they're not wanting it or you're not wanting it, or it's not even that serious, but now it feels more serious and you almost have to smile, but then I don't want to smile. I'm just here listening to my podcast, getting my nails done. I don't know. I don't know. Is that a common experience? I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to quickly go through a few lists online that have curated their own 2023 pop culture moments because I can't go back and remember anything. And honestly, I have something written down here because I was going to start my own list of shit that I remember that was very impactful and important to me this year. And the only thing I have written down is those girls who do synchronized swimming and their hair. So that's where my brain has been at lately. But you know those girls who do synchronized swimming and their hair, they gel their hair or not gel. It's almost a glue. They glue their hair so it's in a bun so that when they're in the water, it's slick and it doesn't, I guess, one, weigh them down and two, literally stay in place. I don't know. I got onto a TikTok kick where they were all removing this glue and it was just crazy. It was getting really crazy out there. But anyway, that is not all that happened in 2023, and it's not even important. So let's see what Harper's Bazaar thinks were the 10, what are they calling it? Top 10 pop culture moments of 2023, okay? Straight to the point. 
Cool. Okay. So number 10, we're counting down Hollywood on strike. Yeah, I would totally agree. This was a huge moment this year. It was a good and encouraging moment for guilds and unions. And it felt finally, not finally, it felt like people gathering together and being a community and using their resources and their voice to affect change for themselves and future generations, which was cool. I also participated in a strike this year with my company. Our guild was negotiating with the New York Times and we accomplished a lot for sure. And it felt good for me. I was definitely the one of the more impassioned people on my team about how much good it would do for not necessarily us, but for the other people at our company who we value and we're being undervalued by the company in our current, in our uh, previous agreement. So it was definitely a year for resisting in that way. Number 10, celebrity couple mania. Okay. Harper's Bazaar, that's not quite a moment that's more of an area of life but yeah it was definitely a crazy year for get-togethers and for breakups venus in leo in retrograde during the summer took us by a storm and she ended quite a few relationships that were huge my personal biggest shock and impact i guess was Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. I was shocked. I was shocked and so was the world. I mean, oh, obviously the biggest breakup of this year is Tom and Ariana from Vanderpump Rules, which was huge because of the nature of the breakup. It was accompanied by an affair, a scandal with another castmate. So it just really took the world by a storm. And the way in which she found out, I've I feel like was really salacious and really caught people's attention that she went through his phone when it dropped out at a concert and she saw a video of them FaceTime sexing each other, which is crazy that he recorded that and crazy that nothing ever came of her. She never sued him for that or, I mean, she obviously blocked him and they're no longer dating. They're no longer even in contact, I don't think. So clearly she, in addition to the entire fucked upness of it him manipulating her I, I mean not that she was an equal part in it but just i'm saying she probably saw him for who he really is and said you're an absolute douchebag and a loser but also probably him filming her was just like so disgusting and gave her added to this massive ick that i'm sure she developed rachel raquel developed over time but what a crazy crazy situation that's, it happened in the beginning of March and you just, time flies, man. <laughs> I know that's so silly, cliche. Okay. Let's see. 2023 was the year of love or at least a year of much discussed celebrity relationships. Yes. It says there were high profile stunts. Kourtney Kardashian announced her pregnancy to husband, her pregnancy to husband. Oh, she announced it to him, but no, she didn't. Anyway, to Travis Barker as he performed live on stage with Blink-182. Harper's Bazaar, are you – you really are saying that she – you think she announced her pregnancy to him there? Okay, whatever. 
while Taylor Swift virtually shut down a football game by turning up to watch her new boyfriend, Kansas City Chief Travis Kelsey, defeat the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that is a huge relationship that happened this year, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, and it basically blew her other relationships out of the water. Joe Alwyn, I feel like we kind of got on board with that one pretty quick. She said, I don't like him. He wasn't for me. And we said, okay, that's, that's fine by us. And then she got with Maddie Healy. And I think a lot of us were confused and didn't love that for her, frankly. And then they ended. And then now this seems really like it's a real legit thing that could be end game and could really be her person, which will be interesting to watch unfold. He really lucked out there if that is what happens unsuspected courtships that no one saw coming, namely Timothy Chalamet, Timothee Chalamet, and Kylie Jenner, who have been canoodling left, right, and center since September. And Kylie's sister Kendall, who hooked up with singer Bad Bunny at the beginning of the year and swiftly, not swiftly, but in the same year, broke up with him. Or they he broke up with her. I don't know. I, I'm curious about how that happens. Does she come to a realization that she doesn't like them anymore and she breaks up with them? Or do they come to a, you know, that's how breakups work. So, okay. And finally, there was perhaps the most crowd-pleasing partnership of all, the recoupling of Maya, Jamma, and Stormzy, who got back together in August, much to the British public's delight. What? I have vaguely heard of Stormzy. I've never heard of Maya, Jamma. That is weird that they included that in here, but maybe I just live under my American rock, and I don't know what's happening in Great Britain. Okay. Number eight of the 2023 stuff, Succession's dramatic finale. While I totally understand that that was a big moment for a lot of people, it wasn't really a big moment for me. I think I know what happens. I won't spoil it, but just couldn't get into it. I don't know why. And a lot of people that I love and trust said, just give it a try. And I just... I didn't really have time. You know what show I really did like this year that I am very excited to for season two to come back? Severance, which is Adam Scott. And I think there's definitely other famous people in it, but a great show. Okay. Number seven, A New King. Okay. We're over that though. Look at Look at their silly hats. Like well, crowns, but it's just, it's all a joke. No offense to anyone who's into the king and queen, whatever. Okay. Number six, Choupette's Met Gala debut. Okay. That feels like a little nuts about, like, that's not a notable thing that happened, right? I guess the Met Gala overall was a notable thing, I think. Yeah, I remember it being good this year. I guess there was no real, like, big controversy. Did Margot Robbie go to the Met Gala and do a Barbie thing? I don't remember. Okay, number five, Barbenheimer Fever. Yeah, I would argue that this should be closer to number two or number one. It took us by the balls for two months there, and everything was about both of these movies online and everywhere. I saw Barbie. I did not see Oppenheimer and don't know if I ever will. Okay. Number four, Gwyneth Paltrow's ski trial. Yeah. I would say 
I would say that this this is sitting exactly right where it should at number four. I feel like it was a moment in culture. It was kind of short, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just, when I was looped in and paying attention, it, it felt short. It felt like a week or two, but it had a very large impact on meme culture and Twitter specifically. And we all kind of gathered around to watch it because it's not typical or usual to watch a celebrity on trial in a in a lower stakes way than say we all watched Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. That was a very serious thing with real consequences when it came to the outcome. And not that this wasn't a real consequence. Obviously the man who sued her thought that he deserved some sort of remediation. I don't know. And he wasn't given it. I mean, in the eyes of the court of the law or the jury or whatever, they decided that he didn't deserve it, but who's, who knows? The legal system is fucked up. Maybe he does deserve it and justice was not served. I don't know. But regardless, the stakes were slightly lower because it, it felt like two rich people just fighting over money, honestly. I mean, not Gwyneth wasn't fighting over money, but he was he wanted money for the damage. I don't know. Whatever. I think you know what I mean, that it just didn't feel as serious. So we were allowed to kind of joke about it and all be in on it together. Okay, number three. Whoa. The return of Samantha Jones to and just like that. I do not see this as number three. I feel like this is in a different tier of what happened in 2023. That wasn't, it was like at best a day or two of pop culture Twitter time, I would say. And I do understand the significance and why it is so big. Of course, she left the show. There's behind the scenes drama. Everyone's very intrigued. And the way she came back to the show is through like a 30 second phone call. They probably paid her so much money. So yeah, I get the intrigue, but I would not put this at number three, right? Okay, number two, the tours. Yes, the Eras tour and Renaissance tour. I would say the tours and Barbenheimer should be one and two. And I I would say the tours maybe are number one, should be number one. They are number two here, but I think they should be number one and Barbenheimer should be number two. But yes, both tours, neither of which I got to go to, which is very sad. And I don't even know at this point how you get on the fucking list for the Ares tour. Like I have no idea what I have to do to even be presented with a page to buy a ticket. So I won't be going and I'm sad about it. I did see the movie and that felt good and I'm watching it on TikTok and Instagram and I'm happy for everyone that's there. I just wish, I wish it could be me, truly. And for Renaissance. I didn't even really try to buy, I didn't, I don't know. Cause I was, I was overwhelmed and dejected and disappointed by the Eras tour situation. And for Renaissance, I think when I was, when it was like coming down to it, I don't know. I think they were like $400 and I just, I don't know. I, my limit for both tours was like 250 to $300. I know that's not enough, but it's like, in this day and age, things are just getting so ridiculous. Like I should not be paying $400 to go to a concert, but I understand they deserve it. They work really hard. 
And the show is probably worth that much. I just, I'm not at the point in my life where I'm paying that much for a concert ticket. So there. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Number one. What? Who wrote this list? Who wrote this? Prince Harry's Spare. His, what is it called? Autobiography. What the fuck? I, I didn't even, I maybe heard one thing running in the tabloids and and running around town and i don't even remember what that was so that is so crazy i fear harper's bazaar that you need a new recap writer because this was shocking huh okay buzzfeed let's see what what they have. We're going to do rapid fire because I am tired. I'm so tired. I was driving home this morning and literally I was like, do I have to pull over? I'm so fucking tired. Obviously that's bad. I would have pulled over if it was that bad, but it was like an hour drive and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And I did it of course, but just a reminder, if you're ever like so tired, definitely pull over. My dad always told me that growing up. He was always like, it's better to be late somewhere then fall asleep while you're driving and ruin your life okay buzzfeed has okay wait it says 2023 was a big year for pop culture nostalgia so here are the moments that did or didn't work okay judge and jury let's see what worked the ballad of songbirds and snakes yeah i would say it worked i saw it twice which is crazy I didn't see it twice because I wanted, like, I was so obsessed with it, but I saw it once and then someone else wanted to go and it was pretty good. So I was down to see it again and I got taken up on that offer. Okay. Didn't work. Zoe 102. Yeah. Major flop. I, it got canceled, right? I don't know. Okay. Worked Barbie. Didn't work. Pink Friday 2. <gasps> Tea. Like, I agree, but. I didn't think we were saying that out loud in places where Nikki could see. I don't know. I I liked the album enough. I just think it was maybe not Pink Friday 2. Maybe it was a different album. I just didn't get the I don't get the feel that Nikki is in that same vibe or moment or even a later version of that vibe or moment. I think she's in a different zone and Pink Friday was what it was because she was having this big moment or she had this big moment after it came out and it was just like an incredible record and you can't really recreate that. So I'm curious about why she's trying to do, I mean, it makes sense in that you want to replicate the success or you want to not piggyback. It's like your own work, but you want to use the success of your most successful project to your advantage and get people excited again. But I don't know. It just wasn't really the same. Oh, but it debuted at number one. Well, yeah, because we all wanted to listen to it. Former Glory. Okay, this person 
this person wrote it correctly. Okay, I'm just going to read the little paragraph. She said, no offense to anyone who enjoyed Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday 2, the sequel to her 2010 breakthrough. It debuted at number one, so commercially speaking, it's far from a flop. But still, one must wonder how much Nicki's leaning into her former glory stems from an attempt to distance and rebrand herself from the very real controversies she's faced in recent years that cannot be ignored. Yes. Okay, worked the woman in me, Britney Spears's memoir. Definitely, I should read it or listen to it. Obviously, didn't work the insane reunion. Yeah, man, Justin Timberlake needs to stop trying to make Justin Timberlake happen. It's simply not going to happen. And I get what they were doing. I just I don't know if it was the moment for that. I think they need to wait a little bit longer. But I don't know. Okay, worked The Last of Us. Yeah, I watched a few episodes. It was good. Didn't work The Ned's Declassified Sex Revelations. Wait, that's funny. I was just listening to Chicks in the Office where they did an interview with Ned, Moe's, and Cookie, the three stars of Ned's Declassified, which I was a Ned a Ned head, let's call it. I loved Ned's Declassified. I thought it was so funny, so clever. But basically they – have a podcast now with the three of them, which is cool. That's a cool thing to all come back together and do. And they've all lived their lives. It's been 15 years since the show. So they're different people now and they're just talking about life and catching up. But apparently in one episode, they or in all the episodes, they get personal and they share things and anecdotes. And they, I believe, talk about how they had sex on the set, some of them, and they're like horny teenagers. I didn't listen to it, but I listened to them talk about it. And that was really illuminating. But apparently it didn't work to this person. Okay, worked. Reunions on the SAG-AFTRA and WGA picket lines. Yeah, very cute. Lots of actors, actresses that have done projects together came out and were on the picket lines for the strike. And lots of them took pictures together and reunited. And it was very cute for all of us to watch. Okay, didn't work. Haunted Mansion. Truly, truly. I don't even know what this is. Disney spooky new movie. Yeah, silly. Okay, worked the era's tour. Yes. Didn't work. Taylor Lautner constantly talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He's just like a he's just a guy. He's he's silly. He's basic. I don't know. And he's another one. He's kind of floated out of the limelight, I think. And not that he wants the limelight, but he did use the whole Taylor Swift releasing speak, re-releasing speak now to his advantage to be more of a personality in pop culture and quoted in articles and yeah so whatever harmless harmless lautner behavior okay worked the little mermaid live action movie didn't work this isn't your mother's mean girls yeah, is Mean Girls out yet? I I do want to see it. I think it is interesting how many movies these days are musicals, and there's very little to no indication of that in the trailer or previews. It's almost as if people know how much people don't like musicals, and they're instead of just not making a musical, they're hiding it from us. And then 
we find out and we're sad that we're sitting in Mean Girls the musical. I'm not against musicals. I don't mind them. And I think this one in particular would be good because Renee Rapp is just so cool and she has a great voice and she's, yeah, so like it might be okay. But also I don't, a Mean Girls remake, I just, I don't know. It's, I almost want to be like, hey, let's make new stuff. I think I've said that one million times, so never mind. Okay, that was it. Wow, I feel like I did so much talking. Talked your little little cute ear off. But yeah, I hope you guys are having a nice time off from work if you've got that. And I hope you had a fabulous 2023 for the most part. And I hope you had a delightful 2023 for the most part. I hope you grew. I hope you loved on yourself and made wishes and took walks and told people how much you love them and studied and wrote and read and and whatever you wanted to do. I hope you did it. And if you didn't, there's so much more life ahead of all of us and specifically 2024, which I feel like is going to be a great year. I think we're really being reborn a lot of us after COVID, not that COVID is over, reminder to get a booster, which I need to do, reminder to get your flu shot and wear masks where you want to. It's not over and it's with us probably for a long time, so protect yourselves out there. But for the cultural impact and the idea that we at least know how to deal with it and know what it is and we're not in those first few panic years. Um, I really feel like 2024 is kind of a new, a clean slate, if you will. It's fresh and you can be whoever you want to be next year. And I hope whoever you want to be is an internet hour listener because I love you guys so much. It's been such a good fun year for internet hour. I feel so lucky and happy that this passion project that I have is sustained, not really by money or any reward, but the reward is all of you who listen and take the polls and DM me and talk to me and encourage me and love me and just think that so long as I'm doing something that I enjoy and that honors one of my passions in life, which is pop culture and talking about it, thinking about it, consuming it, that's all I could ever ask for in life. And I love you guys so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. Happy New Year. <laughs> I don't think I'll talk before then. So yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I love you. Kisses to you all.